following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. On today's What If episode, Andrew and I travel back to the 2018 playoffs to wildcard matchup between Philadelphia and Chicago. Cody Parkey's now infamous double doink is a sports tragedy in Bears history, and we look at the repercussions. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Matt Johnson, and this is the Two Point Conversation. Happy Monday, Andrew. Good morning, my friend. Good afternoon. Good whatever the hell time it is. How are you? I'm doing good. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. All in one, I guess. All in one. Yeah, that's basically how I feel right now. <laughs> Running on four hours of sleep, maybe that. Oh, yeah, you went to go see the Doctor Strange movie, huh? No, wasn't that. Wasn't that. Uh-oh, partying? Brian Hammy recorded Crafted a Draft late, and I had to go to work at four in the morning so i'm a little sleepy oh. i'm a little double whammy we're to our listeners we are recording a little early today um well earlier we usually do sundays not that it's like the biggest deal right now um mm-hmm. but of course mother's day is 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 well it'll have been yesterday by the time you guys hear this so and i'm just i'm pooped i'm over it i'm ready for bed so that's what's going on um but welcome. Hope you all had enjoyed um, Mother's Day or, you know, if you don't celebrate, if you don't have anybody, unfortunately, you just had a nice weekend. Hoping you had that at least. A uh, little, little weird one today. Uh, actually, it's not weird. It's not weird. Um, but it's recent. It's recent. I was doing some thinking. I was thinking about, I don't know why I was thinking about the Bears in, over the last couple of days. And I was like, man, like I want something different. Andrew has a, a plethora of, um, you know, Andrew, you're pretty good with the older, the older ones. You just spit fire them. And I was like, man, let's do a, a neat little modern one. Right. So I, I, I was thinking to myself, man, let's, let's do the, let's do the, the Cody Parkey one. Let's do the Cody Parkey double doink what if i thought it'd be fun something quick to get through it's a weekend it's the middle of saturday and uh i was like yeah that's uh, there might be a little bit something here you never know with some of these what ifs what rabbit holes we go down yeah it's definitely it's definitely one on the surface that i've noticed when we do a lot of these where we're like oh maybe we'll get a little bit of time out of it, and then we just keep on digging not too far but then we just start it just snowballs into a lot more so i would say just about any what if can be put on the table where you're going to get something great because something always pops up in in your memory about this or about the season or about the player or anything like that or something that 
another outside force that it could change. So that's what I love about doing these. And I think this one, I think this one is a good one because it really impacts the bears and a future of, you know, just Mitchell Trubisky, Matt Nagy, and a lot of other players. Well, those are probably the two biggest guys, but maybe some other players that are involved as well. No, for sure. And, you know, even outside the bears too, there's a couple other teams that this, you know, this does affect, but you know, Chicago, the, the future looked bright uh, after the 2018 season. They finished 12 and four uh, and won the NFC North for the first time. And I believe it might have been eight years or so. Um, and it had been a considerably long amount of time. I think the last time they had won it was 2010, the year that Jay Cutler took them to the uh, the NFC championship game. They were at, at, they were. Uh, home against the Green Bay Packers. I believe that might be the last time that the Bears had won the division, uh, which has pretty much been the the Minnesota Green Bay show for since then. Um, but I mean, the sky looks up. You you traded up to get this this draft pick in Mitch Trubisky, who you know didn't have the uh, the Patrick Mahomes like season that you know that the bears skipped over essentially by in, in, in the selection of Mr. Trubisky, but um, he played pretty good. 3,500 yards uh, passing, I believe was his stat line, 24 touchdowns to 12 INTs uh, had pretty good foundation. The defense was on fire. Honestly, one of the best, uh, one of the better defenses, I, I believe in a lot of the statistics, turnovers, uh, points allowed, some other stuff that, that Chicago had one of the, it, had the number one defense, uh, top three, I think top three in yardage uh, behind just Buffalo and maybe one other one. But this Chicago Bears team was really, really good. And, uh, you know, it, they, I believe they took advantage of a, a weird Aaron Rodgers year. I think Rodgers might have been hurt in, in 2018. It would have been nice to kind of see those teams go head-to-head with how things just clicked. But, you know, Chicago made the most of their schedule and, you know, lost in the playoffs – in a weird fashion, you know, not an unusual fashion, but just a unfortunate uh, fashion at that. Kicker problem once again. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody says kickers don't matter until Cody Parkey double doinks uh, a potential game winning field goal. Um, Did you watch that game or no? Oh yeah. I remember exactly okay. where I was when I was like, Oh my God, you know, bears about to, you know, go to the, I was at my old apartment and I think I was going to the bathroom when he double doinked it. I was about to, I was literally walking to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, bears got this. And I sat down. <laughs> it's a little TMI. Um, I sat down and he double doinked it. The video came up on Twitter. I was like, oh my God, how did they do that? How did they blow this game? It was, it was crazy. I mean, it was, it was cool for Philadelphia, but, um, yeah, I, I, (laughs) what, like that was the most Chicago thing like to, to happen. Like it was the most, the way that I have perceived Chicago over the last decade, um, that was the only way that they, you know, it, it was just a classic way for them to, to get bounced out. Unfortunately, the, the 85 bears team was, uh, was definitely long, long, long gone <laughs> watching these. I, I thought watching that game. 
Yeah, I remember watching this just for the whole Nick Folds thing this year. Was that was the other big thing? Is Nick Folds gonna do it again? Yeah, and he almost uh, did. That was that was big. And then, like you said, watching those two, watching the double doink, you were like, "Come on, you just kind of squandered this." But the 2018 Bears, they capitalized on that Khalil Mack trade. They just looked like they had some sort of bright future going on. Uh, I do believe this was Matt Nagy's first year. Uh, yes. Yeah. John Fox was the head coach in 2017 and he was fired. Um, he is the head coach who drafted Mitch. I do remember that, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Like how could you not be excited for, for, you know, an incoming, a new head coach and you win the division and you're one of the better teams in the NFC uh, and, and the NFL as a whole. That's crazy. That's like, that's, that's really, that's not too shabby. Um, and to, again, just to just to end it the way that it did was was wild. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was gonna say so. So we're looking at it as kick goes in, Bears win the game. Bears win the game. I don't believe there's much time left on the clock um, for the for the Saints to really amass a comeback or not the Saints. Sorry. Um, for the Eagles to, to amass a comeback. I, I don't know, um, uh, but I'm almost positive that that's kind of a, that, that kind of wraps it up. Yeah. It looks like there was maybe 36 seconds left. If I'm reading this right, or about 56. Which again is it's there. The possibility is there. Never say never, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's like that they would have had a kick a field goal and win, which is, you know, Philly again could have did it. They had a really good kicker and that Jake Elliott that year, and they had some decent playmakers. Um, but for the sake of this episode, yeah, Cody Parkey makes it in. The double doink doesn't happen, and Chicago goes on to the NFC divisional round. Um, they win their first playoff game in in a, in a considerable amount of time. There's actually a really good path uh, path to uh, a potential Super Bowl here, a Super Bowl appearance uh, for the Chicago Bears. If you take a look at the way that the playoff bracket is set up, Chicago was the third seed that year. Um, them losing opened the doorway for Philadelphia to go play number one seed Saints because that's the way – I never, I never really, I don't really care for the way that the NFL's divisional round gets set up. They always like the number one seed always plays the lowest seed. I wish you would kind of proceed as like a normal tournament, but, um, but I understand it. But uh, if Chicago wins, they go and play the Rams uh, in, the, in the divisional round, and the Saints would have played. The Cowboys, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, Saints would have played the Cowboys. So it would have shaved some things up. And I'm not saying this is going to happen again. But uh, Chicago did defeat the Rams in the regular season. The hottest offense in the National Football League in 2018 
at least one of two were the Los Angeles Rams. This is the year that they won the big shootout game with uh, against Kansas City that they scored well over 100 points collectively. Uh, but Chicago held them to uh, six points, which is pretty remarkable, all things considered. And they had a safety against them. I was looking at the I was looking at the box score. Yeah, of that game. And this is, let's see, this is three weeks after the 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 Chiefs game. Three weeks. I remember it was November nineteenth. Um, was the the Chiefs Rams game that year? And again, I'm sure things aren't going to pan out the same exact way. It, it, it's it's just because you beat them once doesn't mean you're going to beat them again. But you know, for a team like Chicago to 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 do that the way that they did to dominate them on the defensive side of the ball, uh, the way that the Chicago did. I'm. I don't know. I, I think Chicago might be making an NFC title game appearance. I really do. It. I mean, it was apparent throughout the season that um, tough defenses gave the Rams a lot of trouble. All right, they went thirteen and three. Um, you know, they got into a shoot. Let's see, they got into a big shootout game with the with with the Saints. Whatever they they lost that one. And they lost to Philadelphia and Chicago in the in two consecutive weeks. They did lose to Philadelphia the week after they lost to Chicago by a touchdown, but they were they were flawed. They were not the Rams of this past year. They were they were a good team, but they were they were flawed. Um, I think with a good defense, you know, like we've seen in the Super Bowl, right? Like we see that. I mean, that's an important thing here. We've seen that Jared Goff and the Rams struggling in that Super Bowl against the Patriots. I think they only scored three points in that game. Uh, there's a decent indication here of maybe Chicago advancing past the Rams in the playoffs as well. There is a good, I got to give you that, because this is also Todd Gurley is like not Todd Gurley anymore. He <laughs> dropped off at the end of this, this season, yes. Yeah, this was, I was like I said, I was looking at the box scores. He had 11 carries for 28 yards right? and three catches for 30. There's no touchdowns. There's nothing. And I was kind of, when you brought this up and we talked about it a little bit, you know, off air, I was like, I don't know. But then looking into it and listening to you, Jared Goff cannot, could not kind of just will this team into anything. Yes, they beat the Cowboys, but a lot of that was, oh my goodness, I'm going to screw up his name. The running back they ended up picking up, I'm going to say his name was Mike Anderson, which I know it's not Mike Anderson. Who, the, wait, the, the Rams? or Yeah, they, they picked up uh, a running back. CJ Anderson. CJ Anderson, yes, from the Broncos. Yeah, he had yeah. a really good, he ended up having a really good uh, uh, postseason. Yes. So that's that was kind of my only thing, but I think this defense, looking at what they were doing, Cleo Mack at this point, I do believe this was the year that he was getting compared to Lawrence Taylor, which 
I still remember Bill Belichick blowing that off pretty hard. <laughs> but I think they could actually beat beat the Rams. Dallas had a decent defense, it looks like, but I can't really I can't really it, we always talk about names. I can't think of any great things about the Dallas defense that would say well from that year, no, not really. I Van Der Esch wasn't bad. You had Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, that was Van Rush's rookie year, and he was getting some pretty high praise. I mean, they still have Randy Gregory. Lawrence is still Demarcus Lawrence, but there's really nothing, nothing like the Bears defense, like I remember. Like, right. I hate to be the, the guy, but the Bears defense, if you had them in fantasy, you were doing damn good. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you were doing week to week. So let's look at some of the, the names that they had Roquan Smith. Danny Trevathan, Adrian Amos, Prince of Mukamura, Kyle Fuller, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Jackson, Khalil Mack, uh, Leonard Floyd, who actually, I believe he's on the Rams now. Yeah. You know, he just left. Um, there's some decent names here um, on this, on this defense that played really good. And, you know, their, their defensive coordinator that year, Vic Fangio just had him. He ended up getting a head coaching job. That's how good the Bears defense was, was that he ended up getting a head coaching job in Denver because of it. I was just about to say that. I was like, and he did such a good job that he ended up getting the head coaching job and they still ended up losing that game. Oh, Aaron Lynch was pretty decent for them. I forgot about that. He kind of had a career resurgence a little bit in this defensive system. Did you mention Eddie Jackson? Because I remember him being a beast. Uh, I did. Yes. Strong safety, yeah. Eddie Jackson. He had two pick sixes that year. Six interceptions. So if I'm looking at them versus the Rams, CJ Anderson did do pretty good. But if you notice, there wasn't that same threat that right. Todd Gurley presented. CJ was not Todd Gurley, correct? No. He was not a pass catching running back. He was a run and go. That was his style. He was pretty much a bowling ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't beat the Rams or at least have a super close game like they did against the Eagles. The Rams defense at this point is not what we think of the Rams defense now at all so and Mitch no. Trubisky was playing damn good because he was gonna stats against the Eagles he was I was like shocked because you get into that mindset oh Mitchell Trubisky what do you do like throw a thousand interceptions and do all this stuff and he threw for like 300 yards against the Eagles played pretty much mistake-free what I can see from the stats mistake-free football so why couldn't they? Why couldn't Mitchell Trubisky? Would I believe at this? Oh, they had Indomitian Sue and and Aaron Donald, but still though, why they could definitely do it? Yeah, the, there's. I mean, the Rams weren't. This isn't Jalen Ramsey yet. Um, a lot of those core pieces that they had to go and trade and acquire and and become the dominant, you know, defense they are. Yeah, it 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 wasn't there yet. 
it certainly wasn't there yet. It would have made a big difference in that season, you know, the way it concluded possibly, but um, it just wasn't there yet. So I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Chicago beats them again and heads to the NFC championship game. Now, the way that the playoff bracket does shape up, there is, you have to wonder if Dallas, uh, if New Orleans moves past Dallas. I got to double check um, their 2018. I, I don't know if Dallas I, played I New Orleans that year. Probably New Orleans was that good. Yeah, I think I think New Orleans. Um, actually, Dallas had beaten New Orleans earlier in the year. Slim margin, 13 to 10, but they did beat them. Um, I'm still taking. Probably. I'm taking New Orleans because they were, they were pretty good. I mean, they were. Drew Brees had an okay game, 18, 18 to 28, 127 yards, one touchdown, one INT, sacked twice. Dak Prescott got sacked seven times. He went 24 of 28, 249 yards and a touchdown. Alan Kamara coming in his own, and they had that two-headed monster. <sighs> Kamara only went for 36 yards in that game. What did uh, Ingram do? 27. Hmm. I still got to give it to the Saints. I, I probably would, too, under those I, circumstances, just because I know that, you know, Dallas is – like playoff history in recent years. I feel like, I mean, that's the thing, but man, how Dallas and Chicago going at it. And the the idea of that is kind of like, whoa, two resurgent franchises going head to head with everything on the line, man. I don't see Dallas doing it because that's another team where everybody was, was kind of hyped for, but they're not. I just feel... they did beat them. That's the thing, though. Like, it, for me, if they didn't beat them in the regular season, I feel like there's less likely chance. But that hey, doesn't really it doesn't really matter. Um, it doesn't really matter as far as playoff football is playoff football, mm-hmm. and any given Sunday, that's what we like to talk about all the time. You don't just you know there's you know, but you you're probably right. I believe that the Saints. I mean, clearly were the best team. They were. You know, the Saints barely missed uh, going in. You know, they sh- probably should have went to the Super Bowl that year. That was yeah. their year, the 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 Roby Coleman, um, you know, in, we'll call it the incident, the, the no-call pass interference. That was a, uh, you know, that was big. They, they narrowly, in overtime, beat the Saints 26-23. I just, yeah, if, if I had to. A- if I had to choose, I would definitely choose the Saints over Dallas. I feel like Dallas still had something to prove, which they still do to this day. Yeah. Like Dak is good, but is Dak really that good? Because that's. I like him, but I mean, there's fair arguments against his play. Completely fair. Um, a little bit better than Carson once. I think he's a lot better than Carson, but Zeke, 
Zeke, oh, this is Zeke's rookie year. No, no, Zeke and Dak came in in 2016. Oh, yeah, that's together. Right. Oh, okay. I just saw that. I think this is the suspension year for Zeke. Uh, no, that was the it's 2017. 2017. Okay, I just saw he ran for 1400 yards, and I know that Zeke doesn't do that anymore. So <laughs> I figured that was his rookie year. <laughs> oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't too shabby um, then. But um, Cooper, I just don't see Dallas doing it. You got the one receiver in Cooper. I don't see them beating the Saints. All right. In my mind, uh, like I said, we could we do a lot of agreeing to disagree on this. I, I think on the show, which is is absolutely awesome. But I don't see the Saints losing to Dallas. If they in playoff for me scenario, I probably agree with you on that. Yeah, because if they if they could have beaten, they couldn't beat the Rams, which the Rams were a good team by this point, but they weren't a great team. Yeah, let's do it this here. Let's try this then. Let's try this okay. then. Uh, Chicago versus Saints in the NFC Championship Championship game. Who do you think wins? I go with the Saints. You go with the Saints. Chicago and Dallas. I would probably feel more confident in Chicago. I'm more confident in Dallas. Really? I'm just weighing what I have. And I think I'm a little bit more confident in Dallas. I don't think I, I don't think in any scenario I could see the Bears moving on maybe to the NFC championship game. But that being where it's at where it ends at. That's where it sits. Because to me, they remind me of that 2016 Cowboys team where right. it seemed like they kind of caught fire. But also if you put a lot of pressure on Mitchell Trubisky. Could he get it done? Right. Is that's Mitch, the th- yeah. That's I mean that's that's important. Always, to me, everything begins and ends with the quarterback. It in a way that's why I would give it to the Saints. I think Drew Brees is more of a we're going to get this done type of quarterback than say any of the quarterbacks in the playoffs that year. Right. I mean, pretty much they sh- almost should be, should have been in that Super Bowl because of the incident. So that's why I can, that's why I feel confidently saying that. I, yeah, I probably agree with that. I think if Dallas does get by, I think Chicago has their number and goes. Um, but I think I would agree that the saints would probably give them, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be a walk in the park. I think the moment might be too big for for Chicago at that point in time. So, you know, that definitely affects the Super Bowl, obviously. Um, I, I really do think that Chicago bounces the Rams out. So that means that leaves the door open for a Saints, for a Dallas, for a Chicago to go. And I think I would agree that the Saints, that's probably their their time. And we get it, we get that Drew Brees. Tom Brady Super Bowl that we always clamored for. And a much more exciting Super Bowl because I think Breeze oh, could have, my God. Kind of, I think Breeze, once again, 
in a way it begins and ends with the quarterback. Yeah. Unless you got a horseshoe stuck up, you know, where it begins and ends with the quarterback. <laughs> Do you think that the saints win the super bowl? If they go on to play the Patriots that year, I don't see it's that yeah. Patriots team had such a weird vibe to it. They were obviously great because they did win, but I did not feel like they were the best team in the AFC that that year. No, because once again, there was an, kind of an incident in that game as well. Yeah, in a sense. Yeah, I think, yeah, that was the one year that both went to. Uh... There's nothing. There's nothing special about this team. Because Gronk isn't Gronk. He has flashes. They got rid of Josh Gordon. I'll check out their Super Bowl roster because I remember they had Josh Gordon and they got rid of him. Yeah, this was just pure. I think the Saints would give them a, a bigger run for their money than what it is. I feel like Drew Brees could have attacked. I mean, this is prime Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Alvin Kamara is pretty damn good. You got you got a nice two-headed monster with Kamara and Ingram. Uh, oh, God, what did the Saints have at tight end that year? Tight uh, end, Josh Hill. Eh. Yeah, but they had so much. Like you said, Michael Thomas is. This was his hundred and twenty-five catch season. So even if you shut down Michael Thomas, you still got to worry about Ingram. It looks like this is when they started using Taysom Hill. Taysom yep. Hill a little bit, and Ingram still isn't that bad. There's more going on for this. And I do believe they didn't. What is this the year that they built up a pretty good offensive line? Yeah, because you had Armstead, Pete, Max Unger. This is when they started getting over the hill with their or getting a little crazy with their salary cap situation. Yeah, but their offensive line is, I think, a hell of a lot better than what the Rams had. Yeah. So it. I, I think we might be talking about two-time Super Bowl champion Drew Brees here. There is a unless Brady's got some type of magic left in him. There, yeah. I mean, it, they barely beat it, right? 13 to 3 was the score of that 2018 Super Bowl between them and the Rams. Or yeah, them and the Rams. And I think, you know, that the Saints defense was comparable in a sense to that team. Um, but I'd still take offensively the way that, you know, that that's, I, I know Drew was dealing with some injuries, but offensively, I still think they, their system had been in place. All their pieces were in place that season. Uh, they didn't lose Todd Gurley at the end and, and have to change some things up. I, I think we might be talking about two times Super Bowl champion Drew Brees. I would say there's, there's definitely in it. 80 to 90% chance you can't ever count out Tom Brady. That's why I'm giving them such kind of a high percentage, but yeah, I think this definitely goes to the saints. I can't picture. Like I said, Gronk was good, but there was only flashes of what he was before. Was he even still active? Was he, I thought he was retired at this point. 
No, this was his last year. This is last his his first last year. <laughs> yeah, it's for his first last year. Okay. This is when he made the he made a couple of like really amazing catches against the against the Chiefs and then one I believe against the Rams. Okay. Or maybe I'm just such a Gronk fanboy that but I'm looking at that would have been a really nice. I mean, that's that's the one thing that really I think a lot of people wanted to see was for Drew Brees to get one more, right? Like was was to get one more Super Bowl win. I think there was a lot of people that were not Saints fans that were like, okay, like Drew, let's go. And when that window closed, man, it was it was hard. Doesn't look like there's a whole lot of pass rush on this team either. Um, for who? For New England? Yeah, like I know the year before they were having a problem with it. That's why they went after James Harris. Yeah, Trey Flowers was their sack guy at seven and a half. Then after that, you got Wise at four and then Van Noy at three and a half. And then it's just like three, two, you know, a bunch of guys with one. Gilmore was good, but I don't see this offense doing much. And I think Breeze could overcome McCordy and Gilmore, Chung, and the other McCordy. Yeah, Thomas was like that dude back then. And you know, you you could put some you can put some some tough guys on there, and uh, and Thomas is still going to come with a play because that's how good he was in 2018. Like I, I'm trying not to to put him, you know, in the, my, who Michael Thomas has been the last two years, but yeah. he was that dude back in 2018. Um, yeah, I definitely got to give it to. Yeah, I'll give it to the Saints. So let's. Oops, sorry. There's a small chance, but. In my head, not being like, oh, but it's still Tom Brady. It's the Saints. Right. Yeah, they were that good then. Um, Let's move on to 2019 and look at some of these things. So I actually want to start off with, I won't touch. So I won't touch the Patriots if they lose the Super Bowl by chance, Mm -hmm. but we should probably maybe roll it back to the Bears. I think the biggest issue with the Bears in 2019, I mean, there were some injury stuff, but the hangover from that loss was like the biggest story. And I, I felt like it just put this, uh, the Cody Parkey double doink, that is. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it just hung this very dark cloud over the Chicago Bears 2019 season. And there were personnel changes, obviously, as I stated, Vic Fangio went and became a head coach at uh, uh, for Denver. They brought in a new defensive coordinator. Their defense took a hit. Um, as far as where they ranked at, their their turnover rate dropped dramatically with uh, Chuck Pagano um, as the new D- DC. I think he played, he coached like one or two years, and he's like, yeah, I'm done. Um, but the injuries really piled up, but I just felt like this dark cloud just hang over, hung over them. Instead of Chicago coming out ready to be motivated um, and, and redeem that loss, I feel like they, they just – it reminded me of Cleveland this past year, some injuries and stuff. They made it, they made it, uh, uh, they overachieved mm-hmm. that year. And then the previous year, and then the year that they, you know, you, you have an attempt to follow it up. You kind of shit the bed. Thinking about it. Other than, you know, Vic Fangio leaving truck Pagano comes in. That changes things. But maybe the, they weren't ready for the 
Khalil back trade. What you mean by that? Normally, when you go out and you trade, <clears throat> excuse me, and you trade for a guy and you give up as many picks as they did, you feel like you're ready or on on the cusp of it. Like you have enough. Did they really have enough to improve into this kind of handcuff what you could have done with, say, in that draft to help Mitchell Trubisky later on? They did get David Montgomery, but if you look at who they drafted, it looks like David Montgomery is the David Montgomery and Duke Shelby or Shelley on the defense and maybe one other guy he didn't even play for him are the only guy because you gave up you gave up a lot and i and you're probably going but andrew didn't dolphins give up a lot for tyreek hill yeah but i think that was more of keeping up with the joneses and we're not dealing with something something else and then also the hit with the defense coordinator did that kind of hamper him I I think I yeah I think I'm I I think I follow you. Indeed. So yeah, they were like if they were to win, like win it all, 2018 would have been the year. 2019 they gave up capital, you know, salary cap. They they couldn't necessarily make moves to sustain, and I think that's what you're getting now with the Khalil Mack trade. Because they signed him to a big giant deal and. And everything else. I'm trying to see where they would have. That's, good. That's actually a really good take. So they would have been 24th. That's where Josh Jacobs would have uh, uh, was picked there. There's not a whole lot, but you got uh, Montez Sweat. Hollywood Brown was picked after Josh Jacobs. Uh, this is something where you could probably trade down and got more picks, but I'm thinking that might have kind of contributed to things as well as how much you get well dolphins only what gave up one first round they gave up two first rounds right and then i think they swapped seconds and something else so i'm wondering if that didn't hamper them i don't know at the bottom who you could have really got i mean debo was picked in the second round at 26 which could have helped their offense. Uh, nothing too great, but I'm wondering if that wasn't kind of the factor in some of these things. And then once again, the defensive coordinator leaving is another huge thing because there there had to be weapons. And if you're not surrounded, I think Mitchell Trubisky is a good quarterback if you can surround him with weapons, which they never really did. No, outside of Allen Robinson, who had quietly good years, it was largely disappointing. Yeah. His his wide receiver room, like Anthony Miller, like he maybe had a couple good games. Uh Taylor Gabriel was wide receiver three. Um this right, it that's been their biggest struggle, even historically. Um, for this Bears teams at offense, they've never known how to build a true, like a proper offense. And I think they, I still look back and I know Trubisky's, this is Trubisky's on to Pittsburgh now, but they never did him any favors. They didn't build a team to help him out 
you know, really they had, it was a lot of, you know, in Niagara Falls here, we have the pothole killer where they just fill potholes and they eventually expand um, and, and just get bigger. And uh, that's kind of what it felt like watching the bears front office operate during the Mitch Trubisky era. Yeah. I think this is when they brought in Cordell Patterson, who's I guess you could say finally now good. Oh my God. He's disgusting. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, but they never really gave him Trey Burton. They thought was going to be something, but never was. I think this kind of hampered them and handcuffed them into what they could do. I could see maybe one, but maybe that was the thing. And also Aaron Rodgers came back, which is huge. (laughs) No, it doesn't help. They, I mean, they barely missed out. I mean, they still went eight and eight. We have to like acknowledge that 500 in, in, you know, in the, this is when the NFC was deep too. Um, 500 at that point in time, not the worst, like not the worst thing. And they were two games behind Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota went in at 10 and six, the six seed, you know, a couple things go their way. Their defense doesn't drop off the way that it did. Mitch went, I mean, eight and seven as a starter, but again, you have to look at the supporting cast and it's, it really wasn't there. Um, you know, so there's that, uh, you win. Let's see. What did? Let's take a look at some of their losses. They lost three to ten in the first game of the season to Green Bay. Um, they lost by three points to the Raiders in Week Five. Uh, Saints kind of beat them a little bit. Eleven points. They lost the Chargers by one point. They um, lost the Rams by ten. Let's see. Philadelphia beat them by eight points. Uh, Green Bay beat them by eight points. Kansas City kind of murdered them, as we all kind of pretty much expected. But, um, you know, there's a couple games here. If they go the right way, Chicago's in the playoff mix again. And is it going to be good? Probably not. It's it's probably going to end with an exit. Because, um, again, the NFC was, was pretty stacked in 2019. Uh San Fran got good. Green Bay was back. New Orleans was really tough. Philadelphia was, you know, not too shabby either. And Seattle was, um, Seattle was good too. It was a good playoff mix, good mix of playoff teams. But there's a, there's a chance that again, if, if that defense steps up, if that defense doesn't drop off the way that it did, Chicago is probably replacing Minnesota and maybe, maybe even a Seattle. At best, they Seattle went eleven and five, um, take bumping somebody around to the wild card spot. Yeah, I forgot the Vikings were actually good that year too. They beat the Saints. There's the Kirk led them to beat the Saints. Then they they faced San Fran, whose defense was lights out, and he couldn't do anything. So this is like you said about the defense. This is probably a contributing factor that's huge too. Is your biggest guy was Cleo Mack. He had. 12 and a half sacks and then he drops down to eight and a half which is really like which is a good year but that's also a four sack drop from the year before right 
and you could see why they got rid of him because he just keeps on getting worse and worse each year it looks like but it's it's one of those one of those things like you said that i think aaron Rodgers comes back and that's a huge benefactor of of a lot of this and that changes everything around and just puts them ahead of where the bears are yeah that's why they just don't make it and once again you're adjusting to a defense yeah or to a new defensive coordinator who is probably way different than vic vangio is do you think that cody parkey kick like if it would have went through and maybe the bears make a little bit of a run in 2018 Mm -hmm. that um that maybe Mitch has looked back a little bit more fondly upon. He gets a couple opportunities to shine. I, again, I, you know, I talked about him not being supplied, but he did wonders with like the bears. He took him to the playoffs twice, you know, just missed it his second year. Uh, People were, I mean, ready to be done with it. And and again, I know listeners can probably be like, yeah, you know, but you shat on Carson Wentz and he went 27 and seven and yada, yada, yada. But you know, it, the the front office failed Mitch. I, I I truly think that. Do we think that maybe with a little bit more support? And again, if the if that's not the lasting image of of Bears playoffs, like that's that one hurts the worst, right? That's probably one of the most painful ones, um, painful losses that the Bears have taken in the postseason. Do you think that Mitch is Mitch's, you know, lifespan in Chicago gets extended, or is it just time for a new oh. start? Oh yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. I think a lot of Bears fans and what Chicago did was thought that Mitchell Trubisky was that guy, and he and he showed flashes. Uh, was the twenty nineteen game against uh, what was it? The Cowboys, where they beat them thirty one to twenty four. Right. If you look at his numbers, I mean, he had a 23-yard touchdown run. The the Cowboys literally made this guy look like Lamar Jackson at one point in the game. <laughs> he averaged six yards a carry, ran 10 times for 63 yards and a touchdown, and he threw for 244, three touchdowns and an INT. There's, there's definitely something there, and I saw it, and I thought maybe they should have just maybe not picked up his 50-yard op- option but try to re-sign him in another capacity instead of just saying Nick, Nick folds is going to be this guy. Cause Nick folds is not the guy. Sorry, Jack, Nick folds. is not. The guy. <laughs> okay. That so was such a I, weird situation. I think that was a giant slap in the face, especially when he's a, he's 26 years old. And then all of a sudden you're going to bring in the Super Bowl champion. Nick folds who had this one magical year and you're going to sit him behind there and say, okay, we're going to, we're going to try and make a push after a, what two years after a first playoff victory and your first NFC, what is it? North? I almost said central North championship in 10 years right there. You gave up on him in his third year, right? So they, how do you, how do you do that? And I know a lot of people would probably go even with me. Cause I sided with you on the cards. And one thing, well, you guys give, 
Carson Wentz was a veteran. This is a young quarterback from North Carolina, not exactly a powerhouse of, you know, <laughs> college football at this point or anything. So you drafted him and now you want to get rid of him. It's certainly going to be telling if he does good this year and in, in, this year in, um, in Pittsburgh somehow, you know, better coaching, better front office, uh, better roster, probably better offensive pieces, maybe to, to, to some extent, I think it's going to be very telling um, if that happens. I know Kenny Pickett's probably not going to, you know, going to be knocking on the door, potential draft a guy in the first round if there's no intention of starting him at some point, but um but it's going to be very telling, uh, you know, for, for Chicago Bears fans of what they maybe could have had. Unless I'm not saying that Mitch is going to come out and just be an absolute superstar, but I know that the potential is there. Um, I just say it says it says a lot about Ryan Pace. Maybe they should have got rid of Ryan Pace a lot sooner. Uh, I think a lot of Bears fans would agree with you on that. Then getting rid of Mitchell Trubisky because. Uh, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm like, they gave, they literally gave up this after this guy takes the playoff in 2018, doesn't do it. And then 2020, you're like, oh, we're going to go and get Nick Foles. Right. And it's not like Nick Foles still, he's still got that Super Bowl shine on him a little bit. So here you go. Here's Nick Foles. And I think that was just. Yeah, they traded. They took on his salary because they yeah. want, you know what I mean? Like, that's the big thing, too. Jacksonville game gave Foles that ridiculous contract and, like, absolutely insane contract. And Chicago was willing to take a part of that on. And who started in the playoff game? Mitchell Trubisky. Right. Nick Foles. I don't know if Nick Foles was injured or what was going on, but I just remember... Mitchell Trubisky was there. And then all of a sudden you're like, and yeah, cause they just got rid of him after, was he there in 2021? No. He, oh yeah. That was last year. And then all of a sudden they just say, bye. Did they really even give him a chance? And I think if he does go in the NFC championship game, you have way more of an ability to give him a chance. In my mind, Matt Nagy probably stays if they if they get to the NFC Championship game. Matt Nagy stays a lot longer. Ryan Pace looks better, and they need to figure out more because it looks not to go on a rant, but it really looks like they gave up on Mitchell Trubisky before they even gave up on their head coach or the guy that drafted him. Right. And in a lot of stuff in the world, if you bring in a guy, that's your fault. If you hire a guy and he sucks, they look at you like you suck. But yeah, he was still able to keep his job and Trubisky played back up to Josh Allen. And didn't he go in there and just destroy the crap out of him in a preseason? I know it's a preseason game, but just destroy the crap out of him in the preseason game. He looked, he looked good. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, second team Bills offense, but um, he definitely showed a little bit more than um, he definitely looked a lot better than from what I remember than, you know, what Chicago fans wanted to do. You can even tell the, the, the aura around the stadium, like 
it didn't seem like a lot of some Bears fans, at least some Bears fans there wanted to get rid of Mitch. Um, I didn't understand that as a as a Dolphins fan with with two others guys that have been you know seeing that I saw on Facebook that really just don't want to say this is the year to see what he has already they're already just no he's gonna suck he's always gonna suck even though he has weapons and even me who has not been the biggest to a guy but knows that this is the year let's see what he can really really do yeah so i think that was the thing with mitch is what did you really give him other than drafting running backs and then going out and trading for your for his replacement while he was there, which didn't even end up being his replacement. Because then the following year, you bring in Nick Folds and Justin Fields. And you give up more picks for Justin Fields. So, yeah, I, well, he, yeah, well, I think, yeah, Foles came in in what, 2020? And then they drafted Fields in 2021. Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, I mean, if you if you actually like build around him, you're probably not. You can probably grab a val- another valuable asset instead of taking a chance on a rookie. You know what I mean? In this in the in the draft, and I mean, we don't know what Justin Fields is capable of, and I'm not going to judge him. But I'll just say his rookie year was not great. His his rookie season was um, not great and left a lot to be desired based on everything and that's but that's a front office failure because of the supporting cast um you know you can go and get some of these you know go get a wide receiver piece go get a def another defensive piece to kind of reinvigorate go get mitch a true offensive line that's like it's crazy to think that all this potentially stirred from just a double doink field goal a missed field goal opportunity in a playoff game I think it was that I think there was a lot of contributing facts. It was the double doink, them doing that wacky trade up one pick to grab them at number two. It was a lot of I I think that was pretty much the biggest thing from draft night on. He had those that bullseye on his back and it kept on getting bigger with the double doink. And then the next year, not making the playoffs, and then them getting Nick Folds, and even them improving that he was better than Nick Folds by taking them to the playoffs, starting that playoff game, in which I think they did pretty. I know they played the Saints because I remember that was that Nickelodeon game. Yeah, they lost. They lost pretty handily in that too. Oh yeah, but that team had no business being in the playoffs as it was. But Mitch got them there exactly over your golden child nick Foltz, that yeah. was supposed to be jack's probably grinding his teeth yelling at <laughs> but it's it's hard to it's hard to beat the saints when anthony miller is your second receiver david montgomery's not that bad of a running back and then you got broken oh I've, we forgot about the when they signed broken down jimmy graham Oh Jesus! That was, yeah, they had like nine tight ends signed to their roster, and they kept Jimmy Graham was the one of the ones that they kept. Yeah, uh, and they dra- they drafted a tight end in the first or second round too. That Cole Komet, that was yeah. their first draft pick in twenty. I think it was twenty twenty. They drafted Cole Komet. It it was. 
Oh, no, he was in the second round, 43rd overall. Oh, second round. Okay. Yeah, because they didn't have a first round pick because they that's, traded away for Clavial Mack. That's right. So you, it just looks, I just don't think they never did anything. I mean, he goes to the NFC Championship game. I think you kind of got to look at picking up his fifth year option. Right. His second year in, first or, with this new head coaching regime. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in, in, in big things. Yeah. There's probably, there's, there's hope and you know, yeah. I, I, Mitch Trubisky ate a lot of crow for that. Um, with the bears, terribly, terribly mismanaged. Ryan Pace was God awful. So I think that's kind of it. So, I mean, maybe, you know, again, maybe Mitch is, maybe Mitch is still in Chicago. I know if that he had a team that, knew how to help build around him, you know, but my biggest thing with this has always been, you know, how many, like when it comes to fantasy, how many players in Chicago's offense were you taking? Not very many, right? It was Allen Robinson and maybe one of the running backs, Montgomery. Yeah. But so, he's not even an RB one, right? He's your flex, maybe RB two. I'm not that great at fantasy, so you got to listen to him and Ryan when the when this fantasy oh, I can't season wait. starts next we, month. I think we're going to be starting it up again. We usually start in June, June or July. Can't recall. I, remember. I'm only good at retro fantasy if you listen. To <laughs> but I think it just wasn't a fair shake from the beginning, all the way to the end in Chicago. I think it was just looking at not what. Can he do, but it was more or less everything that he can't do. And that's, I think that sums up his career in Chicago. Did anybody ever say how good he was or what his positives were? I never once heard anybody on radio say these are Mitchell Trubisky's positives. Right. And everything was negative, 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 negative. And I think it all started on draft night. Yep. They looked at, he did get them to the playoffs. Like we discussed 2018 and they should have probably had a pretty decent run divisional round, maybe NFC championship game. But other than that, that's as, that's as far as it goes that year. And maybe the following year, they, it's a whole different story. Maybe it's a little bit more of a, of a, some sort of a high form, and then they can kind of improve upon that as well. So pretty wild, pretty wild. Uh, but, you know, Drew Brees getting to another Super Bowl. We get that dream Patriots. Um, you know, we get that dream Patriots, or more so Brady, Brady yeah. Brees Super Bowl that I think a lot of people desire, and we're possibly looking at um, – Two rings, two Lombardies for uh, for Drew Brees and the Saints. Sean Payton, of course, maybe one that's less controversial. Um, and the last one, I think that you know that that'll play a big part in it too. But I, I can't think of too many other um, potential effects. Maybe the only th- other thing I could possibly think of is that uh, the Rams are. <sighs> I don't even know. I, I'm th- I'm talking I'm talking like Jared Goff. Are they willing to move off of Jared Goff sooner? But I I don't know. He still had a really good 2018 season, so it's hard to really picture them 
waiting to move off of that. But I think God. he was a guy like Mitch. After right. this year, after that Super Bowl, they were already done with them and just looking for something. Yeah. So I, I don't. I, yeah, I, I have no idea how how to even approach that. Um, how to even approach that one because if they if you know the Rams do get bounced in the divisional round, that's. Um, I think that was when they were doing. That's only when they had six seeds. So the Rams would have had a bye. They were the two seed. And if Chicago bounces them, that's two technically first round exits, first game exits um, for the Sean McVay and the Rams. And it was just not a good, you know, not a good start. Obviously it would get better, but I think that, I think we kind of hit everything that we possibly can. And we went actually longer than I thought we would <laughs> uh, in, in a good way, in a, in a very good way. Um, but I really do think that these are some, you know, I think that these are some reverberating effects from that, from that missed kick, you know, Cody Park, he's not hated um, as, as much as he is. Uh, I think he went on to Cleveland. I don't even know if he's still in the NFL. I think, I feel like I've seen his name bounce around in the NFL uh, a couple recently. Uh, I think he might still have a job, but uh, man, that dude was revered, but it just became the stigma double doink. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's not quite wide, right but it's up there. You hear that you hear the words double doink put together and you instantly think of Cody parking and the bears blowing that game. Uh, he was just with the saints last year. Okay. Oh yeah. I think he replaced that there. That was it. Will Lutz or whatever. He's been hurt. Or yeah. Whatever. yeah. So, so yeah. So I think that's a wrap. Um, Andrew, what did you have in mind for your next? What if? I want to do if what if there was no bounty gate? Do we still get that horrible Kevin James movie on Netflix? <laughs> I'm pulling it out. Uh, I think there's. I'm gonna say there was one that I want to do, but I think I'm gonna save it. I think I want to do. What if Jimmy? Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones can make it work. Do the 49ers go on to win that 94 Super Bowl? Oh, there's that legacy in there. And are the Cowboys even more stapled as the team of the 90s? That's a great one. That's a great one. I'd like to see what would happen if they could make it work. Okay. That's what we'll be doing next week then. All right, a little fun look in there. Maybe yeah, maybe it really is. Uh, maybe they really do own the 90s. You know, there's a lot that comes with that. It, it affects, you know, it it affects Steve Young. It affects, um, it might even affect Brett Favre and the Packers. You know, it, it goes that far. So that's what we'll be taking a look at next week. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Plenty more two-point stuff to go. Um, this, this upcoming week, uh, lots of fun stuff. Yeah. We're getting, we're getting close. This is that lull. This is that really just dead time. The draft is over and there's not many stories to talk about. So we kind of, kind of got to make our own fun, but, um, but yeah, so that is a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in. And on behalf of Andrew and I till next time, the two point conversation is good.